Sport. It's your passion. It's your obsession. You want informed opinion and 150 years of wisdom? Know it all with the Sporting Life podcast. Well, welcome along to the Sporting Life Final Thought betting podcast for Cheltenham. And it's a podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. We'll be doing it evening before each day's racing. But this is the... This is before the fees, right? This is day one we're looking ahead to. The Skybet Supreme Novice Hurdle is the opening race. Uh, it's a record-breaking one already, though not for the, the right reasons. It's the smallest ever field for the um, the curtain raiser. Now, you've done a feature for Sporting Life, the sponsors offering money back if you lose, and you, you offered up your shot for nothing in the Skybet Supreme. Can you talk us through what the horse is and why? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it, it really is a shot for nothing. And the question is, should you should you bet sensibly as you normally would or should you take a little bit of a flyer? Um, and if the market's right, you're getting the same sort of value at either end as long as you bet sensibly. I think I, in this scenario, rather than saying you should have a tenor on an appreciator who's a solid favourite, which is perfectly true, um, Grumpy Charlie. Now, I, I would recommend backing back Grumpy Charlie each way um, on the basis that he's already got an official rating um, which would have seen him in the frame um, in the last two years. That is to say, um, the uh, the third last year um, was rated 140 by the official handicapper, and the second and the third for the previous year rated 140 and 142. He's rated 143 after beating the bang-in form Eamon and Knick uh, in an open handicap hurdle at Chepstow last time out. And he's going from strength to strength. Uh, he's won his last three starts, all at Chepstow in fairness. So you could argue he's a Chepstow specialist, and those have been on heavy ground. But there's been rain around in Cheltenham more than we would have expected. Uh, I'm told the ground is soft all over by uh, trainers who've walked the track, uh, if you want to get a, an independent opinion. And that certainly brings him into the equation. So uh, Brian Carver, who rides him, normally claims three and can't do it here. Um, but he's a horse who's, who's improving all the time. His his time figure for that Chepster win last time out, which looks solid on paper, granted it came in a small field, is very solid and doesn't put him far behind um, the uh, the principles here. He looks to have a hard enough task beating the favourite, um, but based on previous runnings, if he if he continues to run to his form, he could very easily hit the frame. And who knows who knows what might happen if he uh, if he gets the perfect run. Love that. Now the second race, Adam, the highlight of the festival for everybody, the Sporting Life Arkle. Um, we spent three months talking up the big clash and then six days coming to terms with the fact it isn't on, but it's not on. But we've got Shishkin, by far the shortest price favourite of day one. Is he one you're expecting to oblige? Could is there any way you could see advise people to take on Shishkin? No, not really. Um with a clear round with on time form ratings, at least you'd fully expect him to win. He's with a rating of 165p, that being a large p, which denotes he's significant, open to significant improvement. So we've not even seen anywhere near the best of him yet. And yet still, he's several pounds clear of all mankind and Captain Guinness on time form ratings. So if he puts in a clear round of jumping, it's hard to see what's going to stop him, to be honest. He's a first of the sort of the, the big gun novice chasers who are expecting to take the, the spotlight at the festival. Uh, to be in action. Now, one to two chances are no good for Matt Brocklebank with the his value bet hat on. And the selections you put up today, Matt, don't include Shishkin for day one of the Channel Festival. What what have you put up and why? Yes, Dave. Um, they say that Cheltenham's no place for old bones, is it? But I'm um, going completely against that old old theory, unfortunately. I just it's a it's not thrown up too many. Obvious betting opportunities Tuesday at Cheltenham for me personally. Um, 
I certainly didn't want to force anything in the champion hurdle. My long-time fancy in that race has been Avocadabras, and there was money for him through uh, throughout Monday. And to be honest, now he's about half the price of what he was after they crossed the line in the Irish champion hurdle, which it just seems a little bit tight now, to be perfectly honest. Not a lot's happened since then, has it? Let's be honest. Certainly neither of those two have run since. And the only thing really significant that's happened since then is that Goshen... Uh, has thrown his hat into the ring. Um, so his, his task's become a little bit harder, if anything. But yeah, I mean, I was half tempted by asked by a tower. Um, I decided to skip that race in terms of value bet. Um, so for a bet early on on the card, I've gone into the ultimate and I've gone with um, I've gone with Vintage Clouds. He's, uh, he's having his fifth go at this race, remarkably. Um, and... He just looks he just looks one of the best handicapped horses in the race. He's an 11-year-old now. Um, I, I wasn't totally sold on the novices in here. I thought they all had a little bit to prove. I know Happy Go Lucky's been extremely popular, uh, and he just seems to get in shorter and shorter. Um, novices in this race have tended to sort of sneak in on, on handy marks. I'm just not sure 147 gives him a mass amount um, in hand on what he's shown so far. So I have been tempted by one of the older horses, Vintage Clouds, um, has come right back down the weight. He's um, back on 143. He won last year's Peter Marsh off this rating, and he's won a, a previous um, Grand National trial at Haydock as well off this mark, placed in the race off this mark, and the rain that came just at the back end of the weekend was probably in his favour as well. Now, he's um, he's had another wind operation, so you're hanging your hat on that a little bit. And he, was, he wasn't he was exactly screaming winner when third at Kelso in his prep run. But he's just been lightly raced this time around, to be honest, um, because he, he was a bit disappointed. It was probably his worst run in the Ultima last year when eighth. Um, but he'd had a really busy time of it. He came out of that Peter Marsh and ran again at, uh, at Haydock on really heavy ground. And I just wonder if that sort of ripped the ripped the guts out of him a little bit. And he was he was rated 151 at the time as well. So he has come right down only on the back of three starts since then. So I thought he made loads of each way appeal. Um, I've gone into the Boodles as well. I thought the uh, the Gordon Elliott, um, Denise Foster horse, Riviere Detel was sitting on a big performance. I thought she was a pretty fair price at 12 to one. Phillies have done really well in the Boodles over the years for a relatively sort of small representation. Uh, we've certainly had four winners, uh, four winners out of the first 16 editions, I think, if memory serves. Um, and and she ran okay, I thought, behind the Devil's Coachman who's come out um, and won since enlisted company and does look bound for grade ones, grade two uh, novice hurdles this spring. And Elliot has used that Navan race in the past for Veneer of Charm just a few years ago uh, before she came here and won the Boodles. So definitely uh, want to be with Rivier Detel in the Boodles. And then I've taken a bit of a flight on the Mighty Don in the final race, the National Hunt Chase. Um, really experienced chaser, which has always been a good pointer in this National Hunt chase. Um, we've had, in the past 10 years alone, we've, I think we've had three winners that have had 10 starts over fences already. Um, and he's one of the most experienced horses in this field. Now, he, he's got it to find off his mark of 140. He's obviously got 10, 12 pounds to find with the likes of Galvin and some of those towards the top of the betting. But you only go back a couple of years and he was a 150 hurdler finishing eighth in the Stayers hurdle. 
Um, and I think this, there's still just a little bit of potential as, of him in terms of out-and-out stayer of offences. Um, so I thought he was worth a flyer. I see he's drifted a couple of points again, so he's 40-1 to 1 now. So I might... Um, um, I might um, back him again to be perfectly honest at 40 to 1 I, th- I think he's very very fair I just see him running on past past horses late in the day here they're the three value bet selection you can check out Matt's full reasoning on site now and Rory I know the Boodles was a horse that, on our last podcast they, they blur into one there's been that many in our road to Cheltenham but the on our last podcast you put up a horse you expected to shorten for that Boodles and lo and behold in the last 24 hours it has happened there is money around for him yeah, um, I, unfortunately, I was otherwise engaged when the uh, uh, when the firms priced that up after Dex because it apparently went up at thirty three to one in in uh, in three or four places, and uh, that's on public. Who was generally a twenty to one shot across the board, and I thought that was a big price. Uh, and obviously, when the firms price these races up after Dex, you've got scope for a run for some of the bigger priced horses to be pushed out uh, a few points beyond that. It didn't last very long, the 33s, and it was back into 20s very quickly, and then it was into 16s, and then it was into 14s. I think it's uh, it's 12s in, in places, 11 and 12s in places now, which is uh, you know now, now where he, roughly where he should be in the market. I mean, I compared him to Ugri, uh, who he's met twice, uh, beat, him, beat him six lengths on the first occasion, was beaten a neck on the second occasion, both at level weights, gets three pounds off him now, and yet was, well, six times the price in some places. And that's just logically that makes no sense. Um, neither the I think Ugri's too is is too short on what he's done, but possibly the right price, you know, based on on um, reports coming out of his yard. Um, but I don't think they're too unhappy with um, with on public either. So uh, I was happy with where I was with him. I think the uh, the value has probably just closed up on him at this stage, but hopefully uh, people have taken advantage of that. No, Adam, I'm not going to ask for a third horse in the Boodles. We've got, we've got a couple of live contenders there. But what else is on your shortlist for day one? Um, uh, oh, sorry. sorry. No, you take that one, Adam. You, you take that one and I'll go to Roy for the, the final one. No problem. I suppose of the races we haven't touched on, obviously we've got the champion hurdle in which Honeysuckle would be the clear leader on time form ratings. She's Obviously, it's been said she's unbeaten in 10 starts, now under rules. She's done absolutely nothing wrong. And with her, she put up the best performance of her career when winning the Irish champion hurdle at Leopardstown last time by 10 lengths. So that gave her a time for a master rating of 160. So when you factor in her £7 weight allowance she gets from the males in opposition, that would obviously make her the one to beat Goshen with a time for rating of 163 and Epitone 157 plus. They would be the two main rivals. I suppose the big concern for Honeysuckle would have been if we'd got genuinely good ground I think that concern has been nullified by the rain we had on Sunday evening. So I think it's pretty hard to knock her claims now. And like I say, if it had been good ground, it might have brought her and Epiton a bit closer together. But I think the rain we had yesterday has probably just swayed the balance even further in Honeysuckle's favour. And then the mare's hurdle straight after it. The host, uh, again, the clear leader on time form ratings would be Concertista. Um, Willie, she's obviously trained by Willie Mullins, who we all know as a Great record in this race. I think he's won nine of the 13 renewals we've had so far. And I think the angle with Concertista, she just seems to be a much better horse at Cheltenham than anywhere else. Um, she finished second in the Mayor's Novices Hurdle two years ago, which was her hurdling debut. So it was a remarkable effort. And then she came back the next year and was beaten at odd, short odds in a couple of Mayor's Maiden Hurdles in Ireland before, again, coming going to Cheltenham and completely leaving those efforts behind with a 
remarkable performance to win the Maiden Norris hurdle by 12, more, uh, 12 lengths. Sorry. So that form, that form was good in itself. But then she's come back and improved again this year. Um, the two starts last time at Leopardstown, she gave two pounds and a six and a half length beat into a useful rival in Manila Melody. And that form sets the standard here on time form ratings, even with a very smart rival of the calibre of Roxana in opposition. Fantastic. And I said last word to you, Rob. Anything else on your shortlist for day one? Um, yeah, I, I've, um, I'm keen on Snow Leopardess in the, um, in the National Hunt chase. Uh, again, you know, looking for her as a solid um, place proposition with prospects of of um, uh, of winning at a price. Um, I, I've liked her a lot as a as a chaser in open company. Uh, she's got experience. She handles the grind, and I'm convinced that she wants a marathon trip. So she's been running well over uh, three mile one and a half. I think at Hader going to pronounce myself, but she won, and then she was beaten in the rehearsal chase, not the rehearsal chase, the um, uh, the Roland Merrick chase. Um, at Weatherby last time out, where I thought she stayed on really well um, at, at the finish to, to re-challenge uh, Canelo. Um, I think she'll relish the step up and trip. The seven-point alliance she gets is, is brings her into the equation. Um, and as I said, I think she could improve 10 pounds for the trip, and that brings her right into it, and she'd be about 16, 20 to 1. So I think she looks solid each way. Fantastic. They're the thoughts from the guys for day one of the Cheltenham Festival. Ben Linfoot is in the hot seat tomorrow to present. He'll be guiding you through the rest of the week with Rory, Adam and Matt. But there are thoughts on the eve of the 2021 Channelton Festival. Good luck with your own wagers on Tuesday and the team will be back on Tuesday evening to guide you through their prospects for Wednesday's action. back as actual cash if you lose on the first race of the festival. Skybet. That's betting better.